What's up, everybody? This is Grant at Cause Artist. Welcome to another episode of the Disruptors for Good podcast. Today, we're going to chat with Laura Hertz, the co-founder and CEO of Gifts for Good. And Gifts for Good, if you don't know, is basically an awesome way to actually have your employee give you like awesome gifts. So I think we're all used to, whether you're in, in a company now or previously worked at a mid or big, big size company, usually you know, you might get like some type of like gifts or products at the end of the year or, you know, for like summer gifts or something like that. And they're always, look, let's be honest, they're, always, they're usually pretty crappy. You know, it's not very made very well. It has a company logo and a backpack or something. I mean, it's it's usually it's really stuff that we're never going to use. Um, and it's probably thrown away and eventually end up end up in a landfill or the ocean. So there's there's a lot of crap that goes along with that. But um but Gifts for Good allows an options for, you know, employers to get amazing gifts for their employees when that end year, end of year event comes up or there's some type of uh, congratulations in the company in order or, or something else where it's the holidays or, or whatever it may be. Whenever a company gives out their sort of annual gifts to employees it might be throughout the year, every quarter or something like that. But this their platform allows a company or HR director or executive to, to go on and you know, order stuff that employees are really going to love. And every single product on their platform has a story behind it. So from many of the, the companies that we've interviewed on this podcast, they are on the Gifts for Good platform. Um, so it's it's really just an amazing idea, honestly. I mean, it, it's hard to believe that it's, uh, it's taken so long for, for a company to realize that um, this needs to exist in sort of the corporate market and enable companies that maybe aren't in the social impact field to really become a socially responsible company by gifting their employees something that they're they're actually going to want um, and really enjoy and use for a really long time. Me and Laura had a great conversation. Um, it, it really stemmed from her time volunteering after Hurricane Katrina in the New Orleans area in my actual hometown. So that's kind of like really ironic that, that that sort of happened, but she spent her time down after Katrina um, with AmeriCorps. And um, she bounced around the entire country as well, not only New Orleans, but uh, also other cities around the country, do educational stuff, volunteer work through AmeriCorps. So she really highlights that as the catalyst for, you know, her, her embarkment on, you know, having a, a life and sort of social impact and social responsibility. Um, so she graduated with a, a, one of the first uh, MBAs from one of the first schools that ever had an MBA program for social entrepreneurship. So she graduated from uh, USC um, with a master's degree in social entrepreneurship. So that was really interesting too to, to find out um, that sort of path that she took. And it was really great to see you know universities actually realize that this is going to be something that is going to be normal business. And it needs to be in the curriculum of every university and frankly, every high school. Um, when we teach business, we need to teach social entrepreneurship. And that's just hopefully the way it's going to be in the future, especially as we see COVID sort of bearing its weight down on traditional business and, and how can maybe social entrepreneurship be a different way to avoid sort of catastrophes in the future if our businesses are set up more, you know, on a social impact level rather than sort of a, a pure pure just sort of make money and that's it i think we're seeing a little bit some little bit of flaws with that um so not to go in a long rant here but i i just absolutely enjoyed the the conversation and uh it was great to finally chat with her and i hope you guys enjoy it hope everything's going well with everybody i hope everybody's staying safe 
thank you if you're a nurse out there, if you're a doctor or a physician. My heart is 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 just going out to you every single morning, every single day. I'm I'm just I'm so grateful for for what you're doing every day because you you guys are on the front line of a war here, and I hope that we never forget that as a country, that we never forget the sacrifice that you are putting out every single day um, and endangering you know, your lives and sometimes even your family's lives. I mean, it's so, it's so incredible. And so it's just so crazy what the time we're living in. And I just want to truly, truly thank, thank all the nurses and doctors or really anybody in the healthcare industry and people who are still, and also the police officers too. I have a bunch of friends in, in the force and look, they're, they're on the front lines too. They're dealing with people every day as well. And they don't know what they're walking into. Um, so they're just susceptible as other people. And, and obviously are our military and National Guard now are, are sort of being uh, placed in certain areas to, to help out. And, and look, they're going to be just as susceptible to, to the frontline healthcare workers as well. So all the people making donations and doing all the food drives and, and uh, drink drives, anything like that. I mean, it's just, uh, it's humbling, man. It's humbling. It's it's a proud moment to be a part of the, the human community to see um, how we're all, you know, hopefully going to come out of this in, in some type of positive way and, and, Stay safe, everybody. Hope everybody is doing well. If you have any questions or comments, just hit me up, grant at causeartist.com. Thanks. Bye. So how I usually like to, to start these is just about an individual's sort of journey about how they sort of get to where they are and to the really passionate point of their life where they create something that, you know, is, is really something incredible that they have built and that they're going to be in that scenario for, for a very long time. So maybe just the path and the journey you took to start uh, Gifts for Good. We can, we can go back as long, as far back as you want, where you think it's relevant. Yeah, well, I, I grew up in New York. And when I was actually a senior um, in high school, New Orleans had been devastated by Hurricane Katrina. And I just saw what was going on in the news and really felt like I wanted to help do something and, and get down there with my classmates. So I helped organize a community service trip down to Louisiana with some classmates of mine and just seeing the devastation that was going on there firsthand was just so shocking to me. And I ended up um, resenting my acceptance to university. And I spent a year after high school working with AmeriCorps. And I was in a program called the National Civilian Community Corps, which is kind of like the domestic peace corps. You get a team of 10 people and they're all 18 to 24 years old. And you do community service projects across the country. So I spent um, about eight months down in uh, New Orleans area after Hurricane Katrina doing um, recovery work down there, working with Habitat for Humanity, rebuilding homes, as well as uh, the St. Bernard Project, which you know, mm -hmm. um, having grown up there, Grant. So it was mm -hmm. uh, just an amazing experience and then went and taught in the inner city schools in Los Angeles and um, did fire recovery work in San Diego after the wildfires and then went up to Sacramento area in Northern California and worked for a food bank and was there during the holidays and got to do their big turkey drive and run the largest clothing distribution program in the state of California. So really just saw so many areas of need um, and a variety of different nonprofits serving different situations. And in 2008, around the wake of the financial crisis, I really saw also that all these nonprofits were starting to make and sell products to help fund their missions. So that was really the basis of um, much of who I am today, just as a person and um, also the basis for, you know, our business. Um, I ended up going 
after that and studied at UC Berkeley um, and at the Haas School of Business there, you know, spent four years as, a, as an undergrad and studied business and went out doing what most people do, which is like corporate America mm-hmm. and um, got recruited to Deloitte. And I worked um, for one of the big four accounting firms as an auditor in financial services. So really the polar opposite direction. Um, <laughs> but it was it was definitely an incredible experience, um, you know, business wise, because I got to see all of this corporate swag that um, right. we were at Deloitte. And I saw so many, you know, whether it's dress balls or, you know, branded edible arrangements or whatever it may be, <laughs> we're getting all of these things that no one really needed and that were ending up in a junk drawer. I, and that really is the basis for Gifts for Good. I ended up going to business school um, after my work at Deloitte. And um, I went to USC, the Marshall School of Business and studied social entrepreneurship. So mm. this actually started as a class project in business school. Um, and me and my co-founder were classmates and wow. literally at each other at the end of the semester. And we said, hey, this is a pretty good idea. Um, maybe <laughs> we work on it. So that's really where we are today. So quick story and background. When you did the, so you're saying it was a class on social entrepreneurship, like a course? Yeah. It was actually a, a master's program. It was the first one um, at a business school in the U.S. that's focused on using business as a force for good. So at the time, oh, it was nice. really the first um, program at like a master's level to serve wow. social entrepreneurship. So it was like an MBA, but a, a, a specific in not marketing, not not just general business, but specifically like social entrepreneurship. Exactly. It was specific in social entrepreneurship and really using business as a force for good and the model of, you know, social enterprise or hybrid models with nonprofits. So it was really enlightening and you're getting, you know, that business school foundational background right. what you get as an MBA, but you're applying it to social impact and to, you know, solving problems that um, help our people and planet across the world. So it was a really great, um, you know, foundation for what I'm doing. And I really knew going into it that I wanted to get back to what I had been doing with AmeriCorps, which was helping other people, but doing it, you know, with the business lens. Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's glad to see universities. There just should be, it really should be in every school, right? I mean, it really it should, should be. Sort of, 100%. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to see that there, t- I mean, most of the West Coast schools are probably going to be a leader in that just because the, the sort of ideology, you know, in California, especially Southern California is much more, is yeah. a little bit different than our others of the country. So they'll probably be a little bit more innovative in, in this particular space. Exactly. And I think uh, it's great to see more and more universities are stepping up to the plate, not just on the West Coast, but I think really across the country, I'm seeing a lot more social entrepreneurship programs arising at both the undergrad as well as the grad school level. So it's a really great avenue for people who may know that this is a path that they want to go down um, or study. There's a lot of options, especially to do that at business schools across the country now, which is great. Did you know when at the time, did you like search out like social entrepreneur MBAs, or did you know that USC had that specific one that made you want to do that? Yeah, I actually ended up searching online and um, my sister had gone to USC and it ended up popping up. And at the time, I just really applied thinking it wasn't something that I was going to do. And, you know, life just has a way of, of bringing you to, to where you need to get to. And um, when I got in, I 
just had a moment like, okay, I think this is, you know, my next path as I was considering some other options. Um, and thankfully it really was because it's where I ended up meeting my co-founder and, you know, <laughs> for good so um life has a way of, of bringing you on the path you need to go down was there something that that drew you towards social entrepreneurship in general were there was there sort of like a company or a brand or just something that you saw within the business world that was shifting that kind of made made you want to actually focus specifically on this yeah um i think it was really for me actually a class that i took in um, my undergrad education at berkeley called global poverty and practice and mm -hmm. I don't know, some people just have these moments that they speak of where like you're sitting in a classroom and you're like, this is it, or you're in the business world, like this is what I want to do with my life. But I just remember hearing my professor speak and he was talking so much about using job creation to help uplift people out of poverty, you know, not giving people um, just a hand out, but a hand up. And that just really resonated with me. And I spent a semester, you know, learning with him about how to empower people out of poverty through job creation and um, really doing that also at like the bottom of the pyramid and with people who are so, so in need. And I just had that moment sitting in the classroom where I went, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And this is the foundation of like the work that I want to do with my life. And um, I think I didn't know how I was going to apply it until I went to work at Deloitte. And I really right. noticed how important, you know, social impact, but more like corporate social responsibility was for their brand. They were doing a lot of initiatives, you know, around corporate social responsibility but they were thinking about it like most companies do today, um, which is really more in an old school way for like a volunteer day, right. um, but not thinking like, how do I actually integrate impact mm -hmm. into my day-to-day -day operations and into the money that like our business is already spending every single day. So right. I think I saw there, there was so much opportunity for that. And these companies are spending massive mm -hmm. amounts of money on things like corporate gifts, millions and millions of dollars every year. Why not take money you're already spending yep. and use it as a force for good and integrate it into your day-to-day -day business operations? Yep. No, it's brilliant idea. It's it's it was been a long time coming. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, <world it's>, it. <laughs> <laughs> so when after I guess the you got your sort of degree, right? You sort of finished in the final class project. Yep. was sort of gifts for good. What was the next step after that? Right? Did you go seek funding? Did you throw, you know, email the idea to some people that you wanted to get thoughts on with? Like, what's, what were the, the next real steps after, you know, the course and everything was over with? Yeah, um, it was really that moment of should I take the deep dive? You know, I had <laughs> right. an opportunity of like my co-founder um, looked at me and he was like, I mean, if we're going to do it, let's do it right now. Um, mm -hmm. We have this opportunity. Like, do you want to just let's let's try it. Let's see what happens. And I was like, sure. OK, like, let's do it. And I had to really take that dive. And I think that's the hardest part for anyone who's starting a business or wanting to become an entrepreneur. It's really that moment of like believing in yourself, taking that deep dive and, and getting it off the ground. Um, at that moment, it was definitely very scary. And I think I did exactly what it kind of taught me in some of my courses not to do in business school, which is just to like run with your idea and like, you know, just go for it and not yeah. get that customer feedback and reach out to dozens <laughs> of people and launch. Like, I have that. I have that problem too. 
right? Yeah, exactly. I think most entrepreneurs do. I should have launched like my minimum viable product and like not invested a lot of my money into a website in the beginning. But I knew and I really just trusted my gut. Like this is, I had the vision for what I wanted to build and I went with it. So I spent, you know, many months building out who are our cause partners going to be researching online, who are the products, who can make, you know, products with, with a social impact. And I just kind of ran with it. So <laughs> probably what they tell you not to do, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs just need to trust their gut. And um, when you have an instinct that, you know, what you're doing when it's a hundred billion dollar market and no one right. was adding social impact, I knew there right. was an opportunity. Yep. Yep. What was the first, do you remember like your first client and what was that like? Was it easy to get people on board? Because it seems like a really like easy pitch, right? It's like almost to a yeah. company. Why would you say no? Right. Yeah, it doesn't even make any sense to say no. I know. Um, it actually, it was funny because I spent so long really building out um, our product base and like our marketplace and getting our website designed and, you know, getting it ready for launch. And we launched it um, in November, you know, right as the holidays were picking up. And um, funny enough, at the time, I was thinking to myself, oh, gosh, I did not do enough sales. I really haven't done much marketing. And I'm literally just launching this product. Mm-hmm. Like our going to come? What's it going to be like? And a couple days after we launched, we had Red Bull found us online and um, a decision maker who'd worked there for years was like, oh my gosh, I've been looking for this as a solution. And they placed a huge bulk order with us nice. during like, our first week in business. And I remember me and my coworkers just looked at each other like, this is a good sign. This is yeah, good. good sign. And <laughs> orders just like kept coming in like that. And we were just really lucky and still are. Um, we haven't done a ton of like outreach sales wise. And we really just have people coming to us and like coming through our doors, which we're really grateful for, obviously. And um, just wonderful to see so many companies and, you know, decision makers across the board who buy corporate gifts, um, recognizing and wanting really what we have. So I think if people are looking for it, and they're coming to you, it's obviously, you know, something that's um, amazing to do. And I think people want to do good, you know, through their jobs day to day, too. So if I can help an event, planner or an executive assistant or someone in human resources go from not having impact on their their job to being able to change thousands of lives. Um, It's just a really great feeling, obviously. So it's a perfect segue on talking about the actual product, right? Like what the platform is. And Mm -hmm. so let's talk a little bit about that because I don't know if if early on it was the same model as it is now or if things have, have sort of shifted. So I guess if you want to talk about the platform, what it is sort of now versus if it if it changed from its original origin or if it's always been been the same. Yeah, you know, during the building phase of getting our business off the ground, um, me and my co-founder actually um, had been doing some work and research in the real estate space. And we were wanting to do a lot of gifts for, you know, new homeowners and different things. And we thought about really focusing in on a specific subset of the corporate gifting market in an industry like real estate. Um, Mm -hmm. But we ended up really pivoting before we launched. And I had a gut feeling that this was not 
not just for one industry and this was not just for one person. I wanted to build a marketplace to serve every type of company and industry. And we really launched with a very similar product and pretty much the same thing that we have today, which is um, a marketplace for corporate gifts with a social impact. And so we sell over 500 products today um, with an impact, most of which you can brand and add a corporate logo to everything from water bottles to backpacks to handmade leather journals and keychains um, to tech and electronics. We have a really wide variety of different types of products that serve all different needs. Um, and it's very similar to what we had. We have more products today um, than when we launched and more cause partners, but we actually launched with a pretty robust um, you know, set of products and many of the cause partners that we currently partner with today. So we have products that are actually made by over 40 different nonprofits and social enterprises and every product really has a unique model behind mm -hmm. it so you may be buying um you know a water bottle that helps fund clean drinking water or you may be buying a leather journal that helps create jobs for people with barriers to employment or you're buying um you know an ornament and with the state of california or new york on mm -hmm. it and handmade by a woman in Alabama who is um, transitioning out of domestic abuse. So we have very unique models and every product has that incredible story and um, model built into it. Like you said, it's it's all from sort of social impact brands that are already creating these products. You're just you're just creating the marketplace where, you know, an HR director or an executive can go on and then basically choose the same gifts they've always been giving. Except mm -hmm. now it's actually like amazing products, high quality, and every single product has a story behind it. So, you know, when employees get this, like, it's just, I mean, it's just so much more impactful and meaningful. Like, it's just, I, I mean, I, everybody knows when they work for a company, when you got <laughs> gifts or something at the end of the year, I mean, it could not have been the, it could not have been less like janky of quality, <laughs> right. right? And it's like, no fault really the companies because it's like there was just not another option right it's, exactly we could it's walk into a store and there's 70 70 different deodorants we could buy right but it's like <laughs> when it comes to like buying gifts for employees there's like only terrible options exactly i know it's funny and most people resonate right away when i tell them about our business they'll give me some funny story about some terrible corporate gift they've gotten or some funny promotional item that ended up going into you know a landfill and when people mm -hmm. see our products i mean we source them to be a solution for employee and client gifts but i wanted <laughs> premium products and i wanted beautiful quality and people get surprised when they see that most of these products are handmade by a nonprofit and you know it's a candle that's handmade by a woman refugee or a cutting board that's handcrafted by someone who's transitioning out of homelessness but these are premium quality beautiful products and um, you know we can add custom branding and we can print gift notes for you at um, goodwill and um, you know in addition I didn't even talk about our products have impact but our fulfillment process does as well um, through our partnership with goodwill of Southern California so um, there's just really impact in a story at every level, you know, of the business. And I remember, I want to shout out Janice because we, we've we talked a, a ton of different times. And last time I talked to her, she had mentioned there was going to be potentially something with like the city of Los Angeles, where there was like a Los Angeles like collection or something. Did that yeah. ever come to fruition? Or is that yeah. something like other cities could 
potentially duplicate? Yeah, it, it was actually very exciting. We spent um, many months last year and we partnered with the city of Los Angeles and um, the mayor here, Mayor Eric Garcetti, to launch what's called the Los Angeles Impact Box, um, which was very exciting for the city of LA because it was the first gift box in Los Angeles where every product is made mm -hmm. by a local awesome. nonprofit or social enterprise. So we, we had a candle in there that was handmade by a nonprofit here that helps create jobs um, for individuals with disabilities. We had a keychain with LA on it in this fun little wave on, on the back. And um, <laughs> it was actually handcrafted um, by individuals who are transitioning out of homelessness. And then we had a cutting board in there as well with the, this fun LA logo on it that people loved, a little mini cutting board. It was also handcrafted by individuals who are transitioning out of homelessness on Skid Row here. So mm -hmm. we were really excited. It wasn't just the products inside of it, but we created this cool box that it went with, with um, all these different spots in LA um, all around the box. So we had like Venice in there and um, awesome. the beach and the image when you mm -hmm. opened it. And then on the top, it was a place called Griffith Observatory here. So it was very LA, felt like the city and really, you know, fighting some important and uh, prevalent problems in our local community. So when we launched that, uh, we were so excited because we had the mayor of LA who ended up talking about it on TV. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was a really great, great way to be able to support our city um, and to give back locally to the city where we are, you know, born out of and um, have our operation. So we were excited about that. I want to look, go back for a second to a little bit of the, the beginning, because I think it's it's always the, the toughest part, right? And you kind of had a little bit of a different experience where you kind of had a whole course to kind of like craft this and think yeah. about it rather than just doing it in off hours after work, right? Trying to right. develop an idea and all this, you know, content and and broader like deck you could put together and you had just a really great opportunity to do it. You just took advantage of it. Yeah. Um, but like after that, I know we talked a little bit about going from that idea process to then taking it to actually real website and going through mm -hmm. all that. <laughs> it, yeah. You took the same route as, as I probably would have took, like not talk to anybody, just love the idea so much, <laughs> just go and launch it. Yeah. But there is sort of like, like developing the partnership with like, goodwill and stuff like that that came over time i imagined or did mm -hmm. stuff like that come very quickly yeah our partnership with goodwill was definitely developed over time we actually started it um at the beginning of last year so a little bit after we had launched and we had been in full operations you mm -hmm. know for over a year and a half, but that was really an incredible way to take our business to the next level when we were ready to invest in a fulfillment center. And we really wanted to ensure we have impacted every level of our business, not just the product side. And, you know, I knew that I wanted to have a fulfillment facility when I was ready to invest in it with impact. So I love that we're able to partner mm -hmm. with Will and we create jobs for individuals um, with disabilities as well as veterans there. But yeah, really through that you know, creation process, it was so important bringing like the idea to a website is a process. <laughs> um, and I think I, you know, finished up business school. And really, I when we finished the course, um, our business was focused on the real estate market. And we really looked at each other. And my co founder was like, No, I only want to focus on real estate. And I was like, No, Jerry, we are going to focus on corporate giving in general. And here's how it's going to be done. But I'm very much like the visionary when it yeah. comes, you know, the website, and I'm the person 
person who creates it all. Um, my co-founder's 30 years my senior, I didn't say that, and has a Motorola flip phone and like can't work Google Docs, right? So we're very, <laughs> very different people. And so um, I had a very different vision for one I wanted to create, but he 100% was like, if you got it, let's go for it. And, you know, he believed in me to, to make that come to life. So it was definitely a process and it was really hard. I think it's really lonely in the beginning and, you know, you really just have to uh, be 100% um, confident and, you know, what you're building and believe in yourself along the way, because you're really just spending so many hours alone building, you know, what you envision people are going to want. Um, and you have to find a way to bring it to life and like make it fun and um, get excited about it. And I think I realized during that building phase, I was reaching out to dozens and dozens of nonprofits and social enterprises who were all making products. And I realized none of them had anyone focused on corporate gifting. And for them, it was amazing to be able to get access to the corporate gifting market because they couldn't afford to have someone internally really focusing on it. They would love the chance to get their products and their mission in front of companies and to gain access to bulk orders is incredible for them in terms of you know providing jobs and sustained income to them. And so I realized every person we talked to wanted to be on our marketplace. They loved the right. idea of having a partner to help them get in the corporate gifting. And um, during that building phase, it just got me more and more excited because I realized everyone wanted that from the cause partner side of things. Mm -hmm. It was just an invaluable asset to help um, bring more revenue to their programs and to help them sell products to the corporate market. So we really see ourselves as like an extension of the sales teams of our nonprofit and social enterprise partners. And they see it the same way. We have very personal, you know, relationships with them. And I think during that building phase, I just got really excited about the impact side because I recognized um, that what we were doing was invaluable, like nonprofits and social enterprises suck at, you know, marketing and um, especially doing that in um, the, you know, corporate gifting space and e-commerce isn't usually a strong suit for them. So there were just, you know, multiple areas where we were able to add value. What's, that's a great point. So what is like for, for those, for a company or a brand or an organization that that does want to sort of get involved, how does the process work from, do they have to have provide like a minimums, right? Is it just an on-demand sort of like order type thing? Is there minimums that they have to produce in order to like be on the, the, the platform? Like how does that work from onboarding like a new company or organization that wants to be involved? Um, for them, we we have a pretty intricate process for onboarding, and we obviously need to look at a lot of important things. And uh, my coworker, Janice, she's our chief impact officer, and that's really her full-time job. Um, we need to make sure, first and foremost, when we're doing that partnership with a nonprofit or social enterprise that they can deliver products in bulk. Um, you know, we want to make sure if a company reaches out for a couple hundred unit order, we can make that happen in, in a reasonable time frame. But we also want to make sure, of course, like the impact is so central to what we're doing in the story. So um, we work very closely with our nonprofit and social enterprise partners to really fully understand how they're creating impact and changing lives. And for a lot of them, we really help them to measure impact at the product level for the first time. So they can better sell their product, not just with us, but 
um, you know, with um, donors as well, for example. So you can know for the first time that this gift set with a soap and a candle in it creates two hours of employment for a woman transitioning from homelessness, for example. So we work with them really one-on-one to help establish those impact metrics. And usually the we'll set those minimums for customization and branding based on what makes sense for their business, because we're really here to help uplift them and to be, you know, a source that helps grow their business and grow their operations. So we work with the all of our cause partners want on run to say, okay, so what makes sense to set like a minimum at for branding, for example, on your cutting boards? Want to make sure that that is something where when they get that order, that's great for them. And so we really work one on one, and it's very dependent on you know the relationship we have and the specific operations um, behind the nonprofit or social enterprise that we're partnering with. And there's a lot of things that go into establishing that partnership, but most of the time, you know, it's just making sure that we can do bulk orders that we. We can brand and customize. A lot of the times we want to make sure we can also do one-off, um, you know, orders with them as well. So we'll have an option for like an unbranded water bottle and right. a branded water bottle, for example. I want to go back to AmeriCorps for a little bit. Um, Let's do it. And your, your sort of time there. And, and do you, you should definitely obviously be like a spokesperson for them because like <laughs> what you did and then like what you're doing now is kind of like, I don't know, it's like a poster right. child for, for something like that, right? But do you still, like, do you, do they have, like, I don't know, sessions or stuff where, where people like you can go, like, not recruit, but, like, talk to people who are thinking about doing something like this? Because I think everybody, not everybody, but, like, a lot of people, I think, look at the Peace Corps, right, or dabble in thinking of doing something like AmeriCorps, but it's, right. you know, making that decision is, is really difficult, right? Because I think you do have to dedicate what, like, a year or two of your life to yeah. to something in particular. So like, what was, I guess, that process like as well? Because that's such a, it's such a big decision to make so young, right? Usually we yeah. make really terrible decisions when we're young. <laughs> But you you made a really good decision when you were young. I know. I'm so grateful. It was literally the best decision I made with my life. And I'm shocked that I made it at the time. (laughs) So I'm like, you never know. Sometimes you can be smart as like an 18 year old. Um, But yeah, it was doing that was a very hard decision um, for me at the time. um, I, you know, had gotten into a great university and had worked my butt off in high school to, you know, go somewhere where I could get a great, great education. But I think what really struck me was just my experience going down in New Orleans. And I really felt like I needed to do something immediately. I think people talk about, you know, volunteering and people in need and they go abroad to go volunteer in another country um, or they donate to, you know, a cause in Africa. But a lot of Americans just don't recognize how much need there is right here at home. And um, I think that really just struck a chord with me at the time. And I wanted to go do something and really make an impact. And um, it was, yeah, I mean, the most incredible experience of my life. Um, I would 100%, you know, recruit for this program and um, be a recruiter for AmeriCorps because it was just an incredible thing. And um, me and my husband always say we're going to have our kids volunteer for at least a year and take that year of service because I think it's invaluable, not just for a young adult, but for human beings in general to like spend some time really focusing on doing work for other people. It just kind of brings you back to what do you want to do and like what's important to you and what will bring meaning to your life so 
I think across the board, doing that at a young age was just great for me. I think it helped, you know, mature me. It showed me what I really want to do. It showed me in a business capacity, what am I good at? Um, You know, there's a lot of things you can gain from taking a year or two and volunteering and doing that. So I think everyone should think about it and it's never too late to do it um, or just to incorporate it into like your day-to-day work. One of the longest studies actually on happiness in the world from Harvard says that people are happier when they volunteer, even if it's two hours a week. And the happiest people in the world are people who volunteer regularly. Um, So I think it's just it's important. It's important to do that. And like, you know, the longest study on happiness in the world from Harvard says that as well. (laughs) (laughs) I've always thought it was it's almost it's hard. Obviously, it's really hard to do this. And look, it's anytime the government tells you you have to do something that can get really messy right but like a a year of service right whether it's the military right or Mm -hmm. in the national guard kind of there's some sort of things in place for that but there's not something in place maybe for like americorps or like a year of service not like a mandate there's probably obviously a better word to use from a marketing perspective of like look every american should like this is how we can give back right in some way where if you do this there's like look if you donate a year of your life to americorps or something else related to service in some way that you would get sort of like a like a tax break right or like you don't pay taxes for that year something to where it it does take that burden off of like well i can't take a year off of like my job and stuff like that right yeah and that's a benefit with americorps too because you get a stipend so they cover all your food they cover all your housing um the program that i was in the national civilian community corps also helped um provide some funding for school i think it was yeah that yeah right but they did do that and it helped pay for you know part of my undergraduate education and obviously that's important and still important to me today that I was able to get that you know kind of break on with all student loans and everyone being affected by that including me so you know it's an important thing that most people need so I think there's so many ways to do it and to serve and to not have that be a burden financially most of the time you'll get you know food and um, room and board you know covered through those types of programs so there's a lot of options to do it and americorps is a great option to to look at so unfortunately i think we can't get off the call without talking about the elephant in the room a little bit <laughs> and that's uh i think what what everybody's going through with this sort of mass disruption of our society right now yeah. how has maybe not affected your company personally as much as others but have you seen it affect like nonprofit organizations that you work with social enterprises that you work with mm-hmm. what has the disruption been like from your point of view from you know not just your i mean from the business from personally as well but also from your partners that you're speaking with you know every day yeah um i mean this is such a crazy time for everyone and i think one of the things that we've seen over the last um month or so as this pandemic has really hit across the world is the impact it has had on our cause partners and that's really what we see every day you know we've gotten some sad and heart-wrenching emails from some of our cause partners who've had to furlough employees and you know those maybe employees like 
women who are coming out of domestic violence who like need a shelter, you know, like these are people who are transitioning out of homelessness or they're recently um, recent refugees to the US who have now been furloughed or lost job opportunities. And um, that to me is like what really, really hurts when you get those updates and, you know, you want to be able to do something for all of our nonprofit and and social enterprise partners, but really for every nonprofit across the board. I think everyone's obviously taking a a hit right now, but I think one of the amazing things that I'm seeing is how many Americans really want to support small businesses and to um, really be able to give back right now. So I think while there's all these sad things happening, there's such a resurgence of everyone wanting to help other people right now. And I think obviously there's so many sad things in the news, but there's also amazing things in the news and just people who are going above and beyond to, you know, donate and to buy products to support small businesses and to um, really get the word out about our mission or our cause partners mission during a time when um, they really need it more than ever. And uh, that to me has been just one of the things that's really helped me get through um, this time period is there's a lot of great and wonderful human beings out there who are doing amazing things to help other people right now. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool to see. I mean, it's been devastating to see, and I don't think we... It's devastating, and it's unique in its mm-hmm. beautifulness, right? I think you saw yeah. a little bit after Katrina, too, how oh, totally. devastating something can be to a community. And, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it stays with you still to now, right? Like, it stays yeah. with me. Like, it, it's just a part of you yeah. forever. It's right, a part like it's forever, one hundred percent. I mean, I think there's something about being in like the on the ground when a devastation like this is happening. Um, you know, like when I did my work after Hurricane Katrina, as you said, you see the the best of humanity when times get rough, and um, that to me is the thing that really um helps get me through those times because you really see people really stepping up for strangers, for their neighbors, for their community, and I'm seeing the same thing now. Um, just, you know, the goodness of humanity does come out in some of the roughest times. And that's an amazing thing to see. Well, I think that, <laughs> sorry, I get a little, get a little emotional sometimes. So I no, it brings back some, some crazy I totally things. Get it. I mean, it was, oh. it was really hard for me and I can't imagine being in, in the Gulf coast, you know, when that's your home, like that wasn't my home I'm going down there. <laughs> I mean, it moved me and it still stays with me today. I mean, seeing seeing what those families went through and, you know, people living in FEMA trailers for years, mm-hmm. you know, like that just shouldn't happen. And but yeah, it's 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 heart it's heartbreaking. So don't feel bad. It's <laughs> that's humanity, right? <laughs> um, so I guess we'll end we'll end on this. And I know this is sometimes can be it can be like a it's probably not a great question, but for some reason I like it, is to <laughs> is to kind of look look ahead a little bit, right? When we're talking like three years, five years down the line, what what does success look like for for you, right? For the company? Is there is there a certain sort of metrics you want to hit where where you think that, hey, if we can get to this point, I think we'll really be a sustainable business. You know, we'll be able to help all these social enterprises and nonprofits like mm-hmm. have revenue coming in from from like our marketplace and and going out and like you said, I mean being an extension of a sales team for them is essentially yeah. like the power that the platform has. Right. So exactly. what, I don't know. What do you, what do you want the next sort of like five years to, to look like and what would be success for you? 
Yeah. I mean, over the next five years, I'm just so excited to grow our business. I think I've seen building it the last couple of years, you know, how many businesses really want the service that we have and um, why not give back through the money that you're already spending on corporate gifts. And I think what I'm most excited about is what we've seen through our sales process. When we tell companies that this is an option, they turn to us and they're like, yeah, sure. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I use my dollars to, um, you know, help change the lives of other people and make our planet a better place for everyone. And I think the more that we get the word out about our service, the more companies will start using us and um, that will really just help grow all of our nonprofit and social enterprise partners partners and help us to expand, you know, the number of partnerships we have and the impact that we can have um, through those products. And I think it's the time um, for companies. And over the next five years, I really see us growing, you know, our base of corporate clients that we work with getting hundreds of companies on board to support, you know, our mission and to change their corporate gifting from buying throwaways that end up in a landfill to products that are helping to change the lives of people around the world. And um, that to me is what I'm really most excited for just getting the word out about what we're doing, getting hundreds of companies onto our platform. Um, and through that really being able to change thousands of lives, we've been able to do that over the last couple of years, but the more that we grow, the more people we can support and the more sustainability we can bring to our nonprofit and social enterprise partners and the more jobs they can create. Um, and I'm excited about that momentum over the next five years. And I think it'll really be when we get the word out, I think it'll just be a question of who isn't gifting um, with social impact for companies. And I want the same thing to be true too for individuals. I think it's always a choice when you're buying a gift with a person too. And, you know, we serve companies, but we serve individuals on our platform too. And I really want pe- people to think twice when they're buying a gift. Um, there's so many opportunities to add impact through the money that you're already spending. So whether it's a Christmas gift for your mom or it's a, you know, gift for your coworker or an onboarding gift for, um, you know, a client, whatever it may be. There's so many areas where we can add impact through gifting. And I'm really excited to grow that over the next couple of years. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for taking time. I know you've had a busy few weeks here and I know this week's been crazy. I'm sure the next few weeks are going to be a little nuts. So I appreciate you carving out some time and it's, uh, it's been great. I'm, I'm so, I know we tried to do this for a while, so I'm, I'm finally, I know. <laughs> so happy we finally got to do it. I know. I'm excited too. And thanks so much for taking the time and having me on. Uh, Just great to spread our story. And I love our connection with uh, St. Bernard Project too.